The following is a teaching message from the chapel in Tiatatu. For more information about the chapel, please visit www.thechapel.org.nz. For those of you who I haven't met, my name is Andy. I'm one of the uh, congregants here, I'm part of the teaching team alongside uh, Brian, our pastor, um, and Mike, who is up here at the front. Um, and this morning, uh, I'm going to be sharing from Genesis 5, chapter 1 to 20, verses 1 to 20. We won't be here that long. Uh, and I don't know if you've had a chance to, to read this yet. Uh, it's very riveting, um, and I'll show you why. So starting in verse 1, we're told that this is a written account of the descendants of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them to be like himself. He created them male and female. He blessed them, and he called them human. We're told that when Adam was 130 years old, he became the father of a son who was just like him in his very image. He named his son Seth. After the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years. He had other sons and daughters. Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. When Seth was 105 years old, he became the father of Enosh. After the birth of Enosh, Seth lived another 807 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Seth lived 912 years, and then he died. We're going to do this a few more times, just so you know. When Enosh was 90, he became the father of Kenan. After the birth of Kenan, he lived another 815 years. Sons, daughters, 905. He died. <laughs> Kenan was 70, father of Mahalal, Lalal. Uh, lived 840 years after that birth. Had sons and daughters, lived to 910. We've got two more. When Mahalal was 65... I believe that's the youngest they mention. Um, became the father of Jared after the birth of Jared, lived 830 years, had other sons and daughters, lived to 895. And then when Jared was 162, he became the father of Enoch. After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years. He had other sons and daughters. He lived to 962 years, and then he died. Six generations mentioned there. If we don't account for Enoch, it comes in next verse. There was a, uh, it spans at 1,422 years. They live collectively. All of their lives together is just over 5,500 years. That's a lot of living. Um, just another maths calculation for you. That's over 2 million days. They all shared together. Well, not together, but in their life. With the exception of Adam and Enoch, who's mentioned just there, those names listed in our passage, they are only ever mentioned at the most three times in Scripture, most of them twice, and only ever in lists of genealogy. All five of them, so, removing Adam, removing Enoch, our first and our second. They have one thing in common. Despite that huge amount of life they lived, we know nothing more than the age they were when their father had them, or the age of their father when he had them, 
the age they were when they had the son mentioned, and their age at their death. Now, you might be wondering, like I did when I had the pleasure of preparing for this morning, what is there to take away from something like this? The repetition of names, the same three facts. But there are two things that struck me, and I wanted to share them with you this morning. And I've got a couple of images that I believe will help. I'll show you the first one. Now, you might not be able to make out everything on this image. I got the largest one I could, but PowerPoints are limited. But at the top there, you have Adam. And right down the bottom, you have Abraham. Um, it goes Adam, second line Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalal, and Jared, which is where we end. And then you have Enoch just below him. And the red is the life they lived until that son is mentioned. And then the rest of it is their total lifespan. So if you see, we've got a few Kims up here living with five generations of their children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. I think they even make it one step further. I had a couple of questions for you, and, I, and I'm, these aren't rhetorical. I would love to hear your thoughts. But when you look at the names on this list, even if it's the ones that I've just mentioned, I know you can't see it great, but how many of those names look familiar? I can read them all for you. Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalaleel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Shem, Afaxid, Salah, Eber, Peleg, Ru, Sirig, Nahor, Terah, and Abraham. How many names do you guys recognize? Three. Three. Anyone recognize more? About six? One or two? Okay, follow-up question. How many of their stories do you know? Me personally, I know the story of Enoch. I know Brian shared a couple of weeks ago. Is the only written account of someone who didn't actually die just went on. I know Noah's story. I've heard of Seth. I know Abraham's story. Some of the other names seem familiar, but I don't know their stories. I'll show you this one as well. So you have your big pictures. You've got Adam, Noah, Abraham, King David. And then, interestingly enough, King David splits off twice, and both genealogies lead to Jesus. And all of those names in between, some of them I've shared with you this morning, we got told in the upcoming passages we'll hear similar details of their life, who their next kin was, how old they were when they were birthed, how long they lived for after that. And um, I, I looked at our names in our passage, so I can't vouch for everyone here, but if I was to use my inference skills and my knowledge of visual features... I would say the stories we would be most familiar with are the people who have pictures with a bolded name and a few details added to them. Everyone else, most likely, if we've told a story, it's very minimal, or we're not told all that much about them. I'm 
But if we put those big picture people aside for a second, forget about Adam for a moment, forget about Noah and Abraham, King David and Jesus. Even though we don't know the intricacies of the majority of those other names up there, the lives that they lived, it's pretty safe to assume that they still lived a life. For the five that we had in ours, some of them lived up to and beyond 900 years. Now again, assuming, and I don't, you've got to check my knowledge here. If someone knows, please interrupt. But I imagine that when they talk 900 years, it's not a different measurement than what we might use now. It might be. But we're assuming that they lived a full 900 years where we might live 70, 80, 100. That's a lot of work. Those are some long marriages. They would have experienced significantly more ups and downs than we might. A few more arguments with their spouses. Those happen, apparently. They raised probably quite a few children. There were a lot of meals eaten, lives they connected with, colleagues, peers, friends, however you want to frame it. But for those names in our list, again, with the exception of Adam and Enoch, we know very little about their lives. Beyond where they ultimately lead. Now, I just want to show you a quick clip. It's a bit funny. It's not actually got all that much to do with the sermon, but I thought it would be a good little laugh. So I'm just going to see here. If you don't know, this is the film Monsters, Inc. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. It's a masterpiece. So essentially, these two, they work at a corporation. Their job is to go and scare children. Scaring provides their city with energy. And um, they are on a TV advert, and they're there, and they're standing there. And then little fella on the left, his name's Mike Wazowski. And he comes on the screen for like a millisecond, and then the logo shows up in front of him. And at the end of it, you know, he's so excited he's going to be on TV. He suddenly goes, oh my gosh. And Sally, who's the guy, the big fella, he goes, I know, I'm so sorry. He goes, I was on TV. And there's just this little millisecond he's there. And he's on TV, and then the phone rings, and someone else is very excited that they saw him as well. And I just, when I was first reading this passage and thinking through the fact that, like, I know nothing about these people other than their name and those few little details, I wonder whether, like, Jared's up in heaven, you know, post his death, scripture's written, he's looking, he's I'm in the Bible. That's me. I'm mentioned, you know, a little, little bit of information. But I thought that that was a little bit funny. But I think there's something else to consider here. And if I go back to this picture for a second is that even though we don't know all that much about a number of these individuals listed here, we know their legacy. And if you were to try and summarize Christianity, you know, if you were to share the good news in, in 10 seconds or less, it starts with that person right at the end there. And what he did with his Father and the Holy Spirit that allows us to be here today. And so, in life, it's more than just being a name. It's more than what we do. It's what we give to our next generation. And I know we heard this morning from Kim that her great-granddaughter, great, 
you've now got a great great granddaughter. Yeah. Now I don't know your son all that much, nor your, your grandchildren or your great grandchildren, or this new addition to your family, but I do know you. And if you're anything to go by, I think that your family is in really good stead. And that is what we have here. Uh, in my family, I found out a couple of years back that um, I've, I've got an overwhelmingly Scottish heritage. Majority of my mum's family are from Scotland, um, from her mother's side, her dad's side too. A little bit of English, tiny bit of Irish. We thought we had more Irish until I actually went over to the UK and my dad called my auntie and said, hey, where are we from in Ireland? Whole life thought he was Irish. No, you're just from England. His world was shattered. It just, just England, you know. But he had claimed to this beautiful Irish ancestry and then found out it wasn't a thing. But in my family, if we talk about New Zealand's national sport, I know we heard about football, but rugby is our national sport. My great-grandfather, through mum, coached the All Blacks. Yeah. Couldn't tell you his name. I don't know that about him, but I do know that fact. And I, you know, when everyone's claiming fame, that's what I say. I also know that in my family, my grandfather was a teacher. Three of his children were teachers. A number of my cousins are teachers. So am I on my wife's side. She's a teacher. Her mother is a teacher. Her grandmother was a teacher. I think it's inevitable that Ellie's going to end up in some career in education, although we'll try and sway her against it. But I wonder if I talk to you here about those in your family, either that have come before you or those that are coming after you, what stories you could tell, what papa you could share, what history we could claim. And I think there'd be a bit in this, this hall of people we could share about. And the things that they passed on to us, the good things, the bad things, the ugly things. But we are, in some senses, more so than not, a product of all of those that have come before us. And just like these people here, even though we don't know a lot about their lives, we know what they contributed and where they led. And they played a part in that there. And that is my first consideration for you today. That you are what you pass on to the next generation. That was one of the things that arose for me. The other one that I considered here, if I return to a point that I shared earlier, that of the six names that are mentioned in our passage, nearly all of the intimate details in their lives, their very long lives, go unknown. They played a pivotal role in the restory of redemption just by their mere existence. And if you've ever, uh, I, I don't know how your minds work, mine's a bit of a trip, um, it's a double-edged sword in some ways, but I do a lot of wondering, a lot of what-ifs, um, and that can lead me down rabbit holes, I won't go there with you, they're not as fun. But this was one of the rabbit holes I ended up down. I wondered what more there was to know about these people that were mentioned, about their lives. I wondered, should there be more known? Could I learn from them things that I might not have learned from anyone else in the Bible. I also wondered why 
of all of the sons and daughters. You remember that part in our passage, and they had other sons and daughters. Why that name was mentioned? My, my first presumption was that it was the firstborn or the firstborn son. I know sometimes they list it in that way, but I was, I was speaking this morning. And there's nothing to indicate that that's the case. My second guess would be that if we look at the genealogy, they were the one that led to that son, to that son, and so on and so forth. But that kind of falls apart in the fact that Genesis was written like thousands of years before we knew that their ancestry led to Jesus. I know God knew that, but... So these names are given to us, and I was like, why on earth them, out of all of the people that have ever lived, were they mentioned? And did you know that experts predict, this is a rabbit hole by the way, there is approximately 117 billion people to have ever walked this planet. We go back to that Mike Wazowski, I'm in the Bible. If you think 117 billion is big, you're right. But sometimes we don't quite grasp just how big it is. And so, unfortunately, you have a teacher in front of you, and I've got some maths for you. If you were to convert 117 billion as a number, and you, and you put it into seconds, we start with 1 million, which is also quite big. That was about a week and a half ago. Go 10 times larger than that. 10 million seconds was June this year. 10 times larger than that. 100 million seconds was three years ago, just before COVID. 10 times larger than that, we're close to 32 years ago. I probably would have been asleep in church like sages right now. That's how old I would have been. 10 billion years ago was in 1705. And 100 billion years ago, so roughly the number we're dealing with, 3,000 years ago. That puts us roughly in chapter 13 of the book of Judges. So from just over a week and a half ago, a few more up, that, that's what we're dealing with, and it's massive. In that moment, I'm t attempting to demonstrate the sheer magnitude of these five individuals, despite how little we know, the fact that out of everyone else to have ever existed, they were mentioned. But their stories weren't shared with us. Now, if you entertain some of the fun but maybe far-fetched questions that my mind likes to consider when I read Scripture, I wonder whether some of these individuals would have yearned to be known more. I wonder if they look down now and they see where they were mentioned and they see others who were mentioned in the Bible, whether they felt that their story was less important than others. I wonder whether they felt left out or like they didn't belong or that they were unimportant. And it made me kind of consider the fact that it's quite a human quality or a human desire to want to be known, to be seen and to be heard. And unfortunately, these people missed out. It also made me wonder that if people in this room feel like they're in a similar position, that if we were to share the story of our descendants, whether we would be nothing more than a name on a list. There's this little anecdote that uh, 
shares that when, when someone passes, you often have on there, you know, the, the flyer poster that gets given out at the funeral is their birth year, birth date, and then the death date, and there's that little dash. And I say that on paper, you're often represented with nothing more than a dash. But that dash is the equivalent of the life that you lived and the legacy that you gave. And so when you go beyond the paper, there's so much more to know. And I'm not trying to paint like a really bleak picture. Like I highly doubt that these individuals are sitting up in heaven in all its glory, wondering why we don't know more about them. But beyond the fact that I, that I shared with you that I think we're more than a name, that we're our legacy, I also wanted to paint the picture that we are known. I was um, drawn to a word this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it, so please do correct me. I think it's om- omniscience. It's spelled omniscience. But it means all-knowing. There we go. Can you say it one more time, Lonely? Oh, omniscient. There we go. And God is all-knowing. And in the Bible... There are some scriptures that describe what he knows about us. In Matthew 10, it says that the very hairs on your head are all numbered, and he knows that number. And Jeremiah 1 said that he knew, knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. In Psalm 139, it says that he knew us when we were in the womb, and that utter seclusion when we were being woven together. Also in Psalm 139, it says that he has precious thoughts about us that cannot be numbered. That he knows when we sit up and stand down. He knows us even when we're far away. He knows what we're going to say before we say it. I wish I knew that a little more sometimes. In Exodus 33, it says that he knows our name and that he looks favorably on us. In 1 Kings, that he says that he knows our heart. And in Job 23, it says that he knows where we're going. And I want to take a moment to juxtapose where I started in light of those scriptures. That when I shared those names of those individuals, Enosh and Kenan and Jared, and the one that's really hard to pronounce that I'm avoiding, yeah, that he too knew about them, the hairs on their head. He saw them in their mother's womb. He knew their name. He knew when they stood and sat. He knew their heart. He knew the words they would say before they said it. And that he knew them intimately. And he knows us intimately too. And so while for us this passage speaks to what it is that we can give to our next generation, it also speaks to the fact that even if we were just a name on a list, even if we were that part that says, and he had other sons and daughters, that we are still too known intimately by God. You're more than a name. Yes, you are a legacy. And you're here because of those who came before you. But I really want to encourage you to let you know that you are known. Thank you for listening to this message from the chapel in Teatitude. 
for more information about the chapel, please visit www.thechapel.org.nz or email info at thechapel.org.nz.